Hi, welcome to the Mastermind Project podcast. My name is Brian McRae. I'm the founder of the Mastermind Project. And this podcast is intended to help you grow as a leader, to grow in productivity, and also to grow in relationships. Those are the three topics that we will always talk about here at the Mastermind Project. Chances are you're a small business owner or maybe a commissioned sales professional and you're looking to grow. And we know that growth doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. So once a month, we host an event designed to help givers grow. And so that's what we're here for. And this podcast is taken from a general session of a portion of our live event, uh, which we've now gone to virtual uh, as of 2020. So if you're comfortable, please join us. Feel free to join us. And you can go to www.brianckmcrae.com. And you can register for our next event, which is the third Thursday of the month. So sit back and enjoy the shared learning experience here of the Mastermind Project. Keys to persuading people. Um, so again, when you show up here, we're gonna give you some time to connect. By the way, we've got a couple of exercises here in today that we'll talk about that you guys are gonna get to talk and do some table talk. Because how many of you wanna to talk to the people at your table a little bit more? Everybody does, exactly, that's why you came. So we're gonna give you a chance to do that here in a little bit. Um, but we're also gonna to try to put some content around this. And the book that you just saw, Never Split the Difference. Anybody read that book? Yeah, but by the way, I know Vito. How many times have you trained on this book, Vito? About a dozen. About a dozen. It's a great book. I haven't read it quite a dozen times, but we've used it inside of Accelerate. We're, we're talking about it again. This book is one of the best sales books I've read. Now, a little bit of background on the book. It is written by the lead FBI hostage negotiator. Yeah. So that's the book right there. So um, hostage negotiation, FBI. So his concept of never splitting the difference is built from a negotiation, specifically when it comes to life and death situations. Because when most people negotiate, what do they try to do usually? Split the difference. So whenever you're negotiating, and by the way, we're all, every conversation when we're in sales is a negotiation at some capacity. Now, it may, be an, it may not be an old school negotiation where you know, you're haggling back and forth, but there's always a conversation. So, but uh, in this book, he talks about not splitting the difference. Now, I wanna be careful how I say this because he's in a hostage negotiation situation. But what he talks about is the emotional intelligence. And what he does is he conveys some ways inside of this book to use emotional intelligence to build influence with others. That make sense? Okay. So we're gonna talk about this, a couple of concepts from the book. And the first one was tactical empathy. By the way, what, does, uh, what, does, what, does, what is empathy, first of all? Understanding somebody's pain. Exactly. It's understanding. Now, by the way, where there's going to be, let's keep this on a business context, although there probably is some personal uses to everything we're going to talk about here. But in a business context, what types of conversations can, this, can, can empathy apply to? I want you to think about who you could be talking to in a business sense. The market. The, what, in the market. What do, you, what do you guys mean? So we got the market. Who else could you be talking to? Clients. Clients and strategic partners. So all of these things work, and because we're, since we're all in, in a referral-based business, there's clients, and then we also have strategic partners, those individuals who we're trying to connect with so that we can earn their trust so that they refer us. So these, all of these situations, all of the things that we're gonna talk about here apply to those two scenarios, plus potentially being used in your personal life. But tactical empathy is just simply understanding. But uh, Chris gives it another definition. And what he says is the deliberate influencing of your negotiating 
uh, counterpart's emotions for the ultimate purpose of building trust. So, because we're trying to get trust-based influence. Now, real quick, um, we talked about persuasion. I, just to get something out on the table here, what's the difference between persuasion and the alternative, which is manipulation? You're convincing instead of telling. Go ahead. I think, I think you're understanding their situation first before you seek being understood by them. Seeking, by, but there's another book I think somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah. But seeking first to understand before being understood. Now, so think about that from a sales perspective. So it'll, it'll apply there. But the point is we're trying to build trust. So as we talk about this, anybody else? Uh, what's the difference between persuasion and manipulation? How many of you would like to be persuaded? Well, let me ask you this. How many of you would like to be manipulated? <laughs> Nobody. How many get persuaded all the time? What's the difference for you? When I think of manipulation, <clears throat> I think of my Jewish grandmother. <laughs> or just have another meatball, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think she's trying to persuade me. I think she's trying to tell me I need to eat something. Okay. Instead of saying, hey, you know what? I made these specifically for you. It's exactly what you wanted. This is the taste that you tell me you love it all the time. Here you go, here's some, you know what I mean? Like, instead, instead she's shoving them down your throat. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> all right, yeah, in the back. Convincing, okay. Um, okay, so we got convincing. Yeah, Tom. I think it's helping you to come to your own conclusions. I love that. Helping you come to your own conclusions. So what you're going to notice here, and by the way, all we're trying to do is put some ideas in front of you. Most of what you're going to hear here may not be rocket science to you, but one idea well executed where you can help draw a client or a strategic partner to their own conclusion enhances your trust. And that's what tactical empathy is. That's a good point. So thank you for the feedback on that. And there's a couple of different tactics that he talks about in this book. And one of them is called mirroring. How many of you have heard of mirroring before? Anybody give me an example of mirroring? Give me an example of mirroring? <laughs> there you go. Give me an example. <laughs> Anybody notice what happened there? Okay. So pay attention. Because he almost got me. I was getting ready to answer him. But <laughs> All right. So mirroring is just that. And as we get... There we go. So here are the benefits of mirroring. Number one, it keeps the other person talking. You know, we've all heard it in the past, and frankly, when we're in sales, what do we typically do? We talk. You know, we've all heard the old adage, we got two ears and one mouth, use them proportionately. You're hey, we've all heard it. Do we execute it? So what we're gonna try to do is just put some tactics in front of you that you can use to help gain a better understanding and build trust-based influence with either your clients or your strategic partners. The other component that you'll find that, uh, that mirroring will do when it's used, it will buy you time. The interesting part is, is that we're all thinking, when the conversation is happening, we're thinking about what we're trying to say next. And when you put that back in their court, it gives you a chance to listen more. And mirroring is one of those ways that gets the other person talking and encourage, encourages the individual that you're talking to, you're trying to uncover their real motivations. What's important to them? I mean, how many of you wanna know what's important to your clients? 
Ultimately, how many of you want to get to that real conversation instead of that old buyer-seller dance that goes on all the time? And this is what, these are some of the tactics that can help you get to those real conversations so you can help people solve their real problems. All right. So it's a very simple tactic. Now in the book, it could be like Vito just did, just repeat the last three or four words, because you notice what he did. He just repeated the last three or four words that I said and kind of and raised the inflection in his voice. But um, in the book, he talks about saying, I'm sorry, and then just repeating the last three or four words. So this, this is not a difficult concept to understand. So what we're gonna do now, we always talk about studying things that matter, practicing things that matter. You've heard this before, and then teaching them. So, what we're gonna do now is we're gonna actually jump over to some practicing. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna throw some questions up on the board. I'm gonna give you guys some time at the table. Now, what I would like you to do is somewhere inside these questions, now by the way, these questions I think will benefit you. I think these, these questions we've used at the tables before, they're gonna be very simple um, and, and productive and useful for you, I think. So what I want you to do is just partner up with somebody at the table, or maybe a couple, and I want you to start asking these questions. And at some point, what I want you to try to do is use, use the mirroring technique that is just talked about here. You guys game? Yes. All right. So here we go. Here's your questions. All right. I'll put them all up here on the board for you. The first question is, what's the biggest challenge in your business right now? Yeah, so Sean's already jumping in it. So what we're gonna do, second question, I'll read these real quick. Um, what have you tried? And then what are you thinking about doing next? Three questions, just jump into conversation. You guys get some time to have some fun and do me a favor, try mirroring and then we'll come back and see how it worked. All right, so we'll give you guys a few minutes here to have a conversation around these. How'd it go? I heard an emphatic good over here. Tell me about it. Did you? Yeah. So what? Uh, what was the experience? How did? First of all, did you did you notice it? The mirroring. The mirroring. Uh, I didn't notice it, um, but I was very conscious of it when I was trying to talk to him. Trying to talk to him. Yeah, and mirroring him when he was talking. Got it. Okay. Good. Laura. I think one thing that I've learned through the years is when you start talking to someone and they're responding to you and you start doing body language with your head nodding and they start responding with that same head nodding, you are actually mirroring in, you know, subconsciously without them even realizing it and they're slowly coming into your circle. That's good. Yeah. So mirroring isn't just verbal, it's also uh, physical. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Anybody else? How did it go at your table? Yes, Jennifer. So it helped you listen. Is that a good thing? Yeah, it should be, right? It should be. Now, and by the way, Jennifer, in most, and I'll be honest, I mean, think about it. When we're in sales mode, when we're trying to convince, persuade, add value, whatever we're doing, what are we doing? Our mouth, our natural tendencies to do what? Talk, get our mouth moving. So. That's when you can, with being intentional with this and using these, again, it does slow it down. It helps you, gives you a chance to regroup, you listen. So that's good. Anybody else? We've got time for one more. We yes? Were, we were just tricking each other. I mean, it, we would do it and then the other person would start talking and we're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> did you, uh, so Karen, did you, did you see it when it was happening? When you got asked, when somebody, when, when you. Well, the first time 
let me go on for a minute or two. And he goes, like, <laughs> Tag, you're it. Good, 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 good. All right. Well, I hope you found that one useful. We got, uh, let's keep moving here. All right. This one's interesting. Um, in the book, he talks about labeling emotion. How many of you deal with emotional clients? Okay, good. Hopefully you'll find this one useful. Um, I know in the mortgage business, and I know we've got, uh, by the way, if there's any uh, real estate or financial advisors here, I know you're dealing with some emotion right now. So, um, but, uh, so let's talk about emotion here real quick. So labeling is just a very simple and it's versatile. It's a good way, as you can see, to technique to either reinforce a positive behavior or to diffuse a negative situation. So I want you to think about that for a second. And by the way, somebody was taking a picture earlier. Feel free, take whatever pictures you want. If you're not taking notes or if you want to take notes, take notes. But if you want pictures, please feel free. But labeling is a way to um, diffuse, diffuse or reinforce a situation depending on which one you're trying to reinforce. So as we do this, and it's a very simple technique. If you, I want you to think about a client. And the interesting part about this is it's, just, it's really just simply using the word it, not the word I. I think that pops up there. Um, why would you want to use it when you're talking to someone versus using I. Let's give you an example. You got a customer that maybe is a little upset. They've had, maybe they've been disappointed. It may not even be with you, but they're just, they're frustrated. I know we got some real estate agents in the room and you get somebody that says that they're tired of looking for a house. They're getting emotional. They're about to give up. What do you say? So this is a way to try to label that. So I want you to think about it. And there's a, when you look at this, if you use the word it versus I, what are the benefits behind that? Put you in the same category as them. And somebody said it over here. It's not personal. It's not personal. So labeling it, and that's one of the beautiful things when he explains this technique. When somebody is feeling emotion, we want to empathize with it, but we don't need to own it. When we start owning somebody's frustration or emotions, it, it, when we start owning it, it becomes sympathy, not empathy. Understanding and owning are two different things. Does that make sense? Because a lot of times when we start, you know, empathy is understanding it, but not emotionally reacting to it. And this is a way for labeling an emotion. And by the way, this works in so many areas of life. Because when you put label, when you label something, it gives you a way to attack it or to be proactive with it. So as we look at this, um, it's real simple. Whenever you're seeing an emotion, label it. And you can do it something very similar, like it seems like, it sounds like, it feels like, it looks like. So what I want you guys to do is I want you to think about a scenario here. And um, just amongst your table, I want you to think about a client scenario. Maybe if you're in a referral-based business and you've had a strategic partner, that, um, that has had a situation where you could have used labeling. And I want you to just have a conversation, what's a, what's a challenge that you've seen, and then how could you use this to diffuse the situation? So I'm gonna give you guys just a few more minutes here at the table. By the way, I'm trying to get you guys some connection time. You, you liking it? 
good. Yeah, the conversation, the, the, the volume was raising here, so I like that. So we're gonna give you guys a few more minutes to talk about it at your table. How can you use labeling in your conversations uh, that you've had? I want you to reflect and kind of do a debrief on a, on a uh, maybe a challenging situation. Could, it be, could even be a positive one where you could, could label something in, in your conversation. So give you guys a few minutes to talk about labeling at your tables. Was there something, labeling, is there anybody have an example of where they might be able to use labeling or think of a scenario where they're able to use it? Any feedback on that one? Yeah, Dan. We were talking about a situation, one of our challenges, and Dee Dee went right into that, and then she used one label and it worked, and then the next label, and I was like, no, that wasn't it at all. And she's like, now what do I do? I'm like, well, the next move is to you know, seek clarification. Hey, totally missed the mark, it sounds like. Can you help me understand yep. better? Vito, you, you seem like you're chomping at the bit. Yeah, no. Um, Another reason that we avoid using I and we use it is because you don't assign personal liability to what you just said. So if I told Greg, man, it sounds like you're really getting upset or you're, you're, it sounds like you're angry. Well, no, I'm not angry. Well, now I can bail out. Well, I didn't say that's how you're feeling. It just sounds like. Right. Right? So that's exactly what you were just talking about. It's a, it's a great tool of work. Yeah. In the book, they call it an audit, an accusation audit. You can audit how somebody's feeling. Um, they even talk about it. There's a scenario and they're using a calibrated question, which we're going to talk about here in just a second. But um, it's a way to, to, to put something in front of somebody to either get confirmation or denial of how they're feeling. So that's good. Thank you, Vito. Yeah. Dan, it's good stuff. All right. Calibrated questions. I really like this part of the book because um, as you guys know, curiosity is something that, uh, that we talked about here. We try to build businesses around gratitude, curiosity, and generosity. And... Um, Asking good questions opens doors. It just does. And in the book, he talks about calibrated questions. So we're gonna go through this real quick. But um, the big key here is using what and how questions to gain more information. And, um, and by the way, whatever the reason is, the, there we go. You wanna avoid using, using why. Why is that the case? It is. When you get to somebody and you can trigger, you know, when you say, why are you making that decision? What's a different way we can ask that? And when you ask it a different way, when, you come, when you're asking why on something, it does. It's putting somebody on the spot for them to defend something. But if we can turn around and say a what or a, a, what or a how question, it changes the dynamic. You'll get more information. You'll get less emotion. You'll get more information. And it gives a sense of control to the other person when you're asking questions. So can you think about a situation, uh, let's say a client has made a decision or they have a preconceived notion of the decision that they're making. And you want to ask why. <coughs> Joe's laughing already. Is this from experience or? Uh... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, well, you, maybe if you want, you can give us an example here. But. Um, but when we ask why somebody's making a decision, what's a way that we can not ask why, but still garner information? Go ahead, Sean. Just ask what, so what, what is your thought behind that? What's your thought behind that? Notice it starts with what. Yep. What works for you with that? What works for you? How did you arrive at that? How did you arrive at that decision? What is the reason for it? What is the reason for that decision? Yes. 
What would that look like? Notice as soon as you start, there's a few things. Two key words here that you probably want to try to avoid using in, when you're talking to clients. I and why. And if you can learn how to reframe those, same thing here. Those are great ways to do it. You know, if you don't mind, by the way, I, I understand, you know, you could use a mirror and then come back and just say something. What was it that went into your decision-making process? What factors went into your decision-making process on that? So it's a way to get some clarity. Now guys, I wanna be really clear here. This may not sound like rocket science, but I will tell you when it takes a lost transaction or maybe a lost referral and you can suddenly gain a better understanding, you're gaining a competitive advantage just by getting, implementing one of these ideas. I promise you. All right. And then because everything that is going on is always, is always an information gathering process. If we're trying to help somebody else solve their problem, it's always information gathering. It's always information gathering. So the more we can get them talking with calibrated questions, the more information we can gain and we can then customize either a solution or a strategy to help that client or that strategic partner. Okay. We're going to give you some examples here. Some of these are from the book. Some of these are from, uh, from personal experience. Um, you know, whenever, whenever a client comes to us on the mortgage side, we ask them what's important about this process to you. How many of you are getting shopped left and right in your service? Insurance, all the time. Real estate, financial services, it happens all the time. Somebody calls you and asks about rate or they ask about your fees. Try to get over, over this. What is important about the lender you choose? What's important about the insurance carrier you choose? Help me understand that. So, um, what's the objective? What are we trying to accomplish is another, is another great question. We'll get this all the time. If you are coming in and you're, um, we ask a what question on the mortgage side. If there's somebody coming in and we're the second person that they're talking to, they've already gotten a, a loan strategy from someone else, we start early on in the conversation. What are you hoping that we can accomplish that you haven't been able to find elsewhere? So we're just trying to bring that out and have a real conversation. We want to solve a problem. They might already have a great solution somewhere else. All right. And then um, in the sales process at some point, how would you like to proceed? There's a how question for you. And how does this look for you? It's a way to get buy-in during the process when you're explaining concepts. So they've given you an idea of what they're looking for. You start to propose a solution. You ask them, how does, it look, how does this look to you? All right. And then if you're in a situation where you can tell it's not working, just if you don't mind me asking, what about, what about this doesn't work for you? Now, I'm gonna give you guys a quick story. Um, we were sharing, it's interesting, I was having a top agent in the area that um, we had been working with and just the, the, the relationship was relatively new. Um, but we ran into, uh, I ran into her at an event and uh, we got into a conversation. And um, I, we started talking about this book. Um, it just came up in conversation. I saw her about six weeks later at, uh, at a similar event and um, we, we connected and she said, Brian, she goes, amazing book. She goes, I use mirroring and I use calibrated questions. I said, really, tell me about it. And she went on to say, she was a real estate agent. She was a listing agent on something, so play along if you're not in real estate. But she was uh, in negotiations. She got a building inspection back 
And the buyer's agent called and was demanding a $7,000 reduction in the sales price. Now, by the way, this is a while back. Please don't, it just, this is just the facts. <laughs> so, <laughs> building inspections these days probably, yeah, that's a. <laughs> However, they were negotiating and she simply mirrored, got the person talking and they started talking about how the buyers, you know, just started revealing some information. And then she just asked one, one calibrated question. How am I supposed to do that in this market? Guess what happened? The request went away. Save your client $7,000. So that's the short end of the story. Because she came up, she said, Brian, that book's awesome. It saved, it saved my client $7,000. They are absolutely in love with me. So I'm just going to encourage you. So there is an example of calibrated questions. There's an example of mirroring that actually worked in a real life situation. And it wasn't mine. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to encourage you. If you are inspired by anything here, I'm going to put a, a theme here. So I know some of you, you know, Chris is in the back. He's like, I just bought this book. I can't wait. I'm just going to tell you, read this thing. Study it. Go practice it. And one of your strategic partners. Now, by the way, that person was not one of our ambassadors. They weren't referring us consistently at that time. Guess what they're doing now? They refer us all the time. So my point is it's a way to help your strategic partners. So when you're investing in yourself and you start sharing it with others, you're building influence. That makes sense? It's a little off topic. So, but it's exactly why we're here. But that's an example of calibrated questions working. So, and then the last one was, uh, how will this, um, have you ever had a husband that says, I need to talk to my wife, or a wife that says, I need to talk to my husband, or I need to talk to somebody else? Here's a way to get that out front. How, what's the decision-making process gonna look like here? I'm gonna talk to my wife. Another calibrated question. It, what factors are you gonna tell her are important to you? So it's just a way using what and how questions with, uh, that are calibrated to get more information so that you can provide solutions that help them solve their problem. All right. Because the whole purpose is trust-based influence. So we talked about tactical empathy. We talked about mirroring. Um, we talked about labeling. We also talked about um, calibrated questions. So those are all things that are designed really to help the other person get what they want. Because if we can help enough people get what they want, we can have everything we want. So the point is I want to encourage you to keep investing in yourself so that you can help other people get what they want through persuasion, not manipulation. You with me on that? Yeah. All right. So let's move on because that uh, that's the book. That's the, the recap of Never Split the Difference. I hope those are some, some things that you have. We've got some copy, copies up here if you're interested in it later on if you want to grab one. All right. Now, last month, we had, uh, we had a special guest speaker. Uh, we were on Zoom last month because the, the location here was not available for us. So we went to Zoom because we want to make sure we keep our streak alive. We're committed to helping you grow. So we went on to Zoom. Um, we tried to make it a special event. We had John David Mann of The Go-Giver, which, by the way, I love the idea. Here's an example. So Jim went and had uh, copies made. He took, he took the idea, one of the ideas that he had, and he's given away books of The Go-Giver, I believe, aren't you? So he's giving away copies of The Go-Giver, which I love giving away books. Jim, I applaud you. And he came up and said, Brian, I got an idea for you, which I love the idea. But he got a, uh, he got, it's essentially, it's got his name on it, but it's just, he's, it's a bookmark. And it's, uh, what it is, is your influence uh, is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. And he's given that. I'm a, who are you giving this to, Jim? 
Anyone? Yeah. Yes. Anyone wherever, your heart, wherever your heart leads you. I love it. So I love this. But that's, that's the go-giver mentality. That's the generosity side of things that we talk about here at the event, which is why we were so blessed to have John David Mann talk. But during that, one of the big takeaways or reinforcements of something that he talked about, at least for me, was he simply said, all business is what? Relationships. All business is relationships. Now, most of us in this room, small business owners, commission sales professionals, uh, entrepreneurs, some entrepreneurial spirit, most of you in the room really don't have an idea what you're going to make in the next 30, 60, or 90 days. Most of you. Because you're on commission or you run, you run your own business. What I want to do is I want to try to share some things. If all business is relationships, then how are you managing the relationships? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk through a concept that I've learned from several different people. Um, and I'm going to give it to you as we, as we roll it out inside the Radically Referrable Academy. I'm just going to break it down and give it to you today. But it's a way to, it's, we call it the inventory of relational assets. How many of you have an inventory of relational assets? What does that, Tom, what does that mean, first of all? Uh, those are your sphere of influence and those how you also rank your ambassadors, your champions, your potential champions, your customers, and your family. There you go. So, done. We can move on now. That's very good, Tom, actually. So, um, what I want to do is I want to encourage you here because what I'm about to share with you is the basis for success in building a referral-based business. It's gonna be hard to get referrals without having relationships. Would you guys agree with that? So I know there's some new individuals in the room. Please pay close attention. You're new to your industry. So I want you to pay close attention because building your inventory of relationships, every person you meet is somebody that should be in your inventory of relational assets. That's my personal opinion. But I'm gonna show you the system that I learned from Michael Mayer. Brian Buffini has one similar. Um, Larry Kendall has something similar. Bob Berg has something similar. So these are all guys that, that have been studied and, and we've put to practice, and I'm just giving you my version of it, which is inside the academy, which we've given away. But we implement this on the McRae Mortgage Team and have been for the last 10, 12 years. So, but the purpose of this is really, we wanna help you build your inventory of relational assets. And there's four elements to that. Feel free to take pictures, write these down. But the whole point is, one, you gotta collect. If you're new, there's two components to this. If you're new in an industry and you don't have an, uh, an inventory of relational assets, a database, a collection of names, you've got to start collecting. And then what you've got to do is you've got to organize them. You've just got to get them all in one place. Collect them and then get them stored in one place. And what we'll spend some time on that, will that helped me immensely was prioritizing them. Because there's a very simple theme in business. Now, I think all of us, if you're a giver in this room, you want to help everybody. You'd love to give, a, you know, Jim probably would love to give a, uh, the Go-Giver book out to everybody that he walks across, so, you know, the people at the stop. But you got to be, you have to prioritize. And the one thing that I learned from the mentors that I had was that all people are created equal. And we live in a great country that has a document that says we're all created equal. But guess what? That doesn't mean they're equal to your business. You guys agree with that? Not everybody is equal to your business. So when we prioritize, we are saying that some people in our business deserve more of our attention. Now, by the way, please know, I'm in mortgage lending and I don't want that to sound discriminatory. That's not my point. With clients, they always, 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 always get the same level of service. I'm talking about your strategic partners. And your time, effort, attention, money, all those things your best referral partner probably deserves more 
than Aunt Sally. By the way, love Aunt Sally, if you have one. But they're probably not getting as much of your business time, money, and attention as your number one referral partner. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. And then energizing. You gotta energize your relationships. You gotta engage and energize. So it's a very simple system. Now, by the way, if you've been in business for a while, collecting, it might be an event like this. Every one of us in a referral-based business has to be growing our database. We have to. Because a database that isn't growing is doing what? It's dying. If you're in real estate and you got a hairdresser that refers you time after time, what's the turnover rate in the, in, with hairdressers? It's enormous. They may not be there. They might not be seeing the same number of people. If you're an insurance agent and it's a mortgage guy, there's a lot of turnover in straight commission positions. Most of us are straight commissioned, so we always have to be building our database. All right, so let's walk through this. Real quick, collect. If you're starting off, now by the way, this is starting off, think about everywhere you've got your names. So whether it's past clients, um, if, you, if you don't have a database, it could be past clients, um, your smartphone, work email, personal email, Rolodex. By the way, can somebody educate those under 30 what a Rolodex is? <laughs> I just heard that this week and somebody wanted to bring it. Well, actually, I, where's Sarah at? You wanted the Rolodex. I told you, see? That's why we, you and I were laughing. I didn't want it. You, she wants it. She's bring, Sarah's bringing the Rolodex back. Do you have it with you today? No, but I will. Next month, bring it back. I Bring the Rolodex. She's going to say, you need to meet this person. So it's this little thing. You put business cards in and you write. You actually had to write their name in. So moving on. Social media, you know, you want to go out to Facebook, you know, wherever, wherever your connections are at, Instagram, chat snaps, whatever you're using. Um, business cards, business cards, if you've got business cards, you want to get those into your database. Um, so, and then a yellow pad. Candidly, when I started in the business, and I know we've got some new mortgage guys in the room somewhere, where's Jake at? Jake, get a yellow pad. You need to write everybody down, and they need to get into your database. And there's a way that you can communicate with them and help prioritize them and engage them that will help you build a referral-based business. So, but that's, that's collecting. You've got to get them all into one place. Now, you might be saying, what, that, what, what is that? Um, and as you get to organization, I would encourage you, whether it's a yellow piece of paper, whether it's an Excel spreadsheet, don't worry, just get it out of your head. Tom's shaking his head. It's not, it's, it, it's not a difficult concept. It's a simple concept, it's not always easy to execute, but I'm encouraging you, take, do the simple things that will help you scale your business. All right, so, so in terms of prioritization, I'm gonna go back one. When we prioritize ours, we kind of look at three Ps. What's the performance, now for us, um, we look at the performance of our referral partners, and we wanna know, so it's performance, potential, and probability. So have they referred you? Could they refer you, and will they refer you? Those are kind of the three questions. And chances are you may not know. But that's, when we go through and prioritize, that's what you're gonna to wanna to do. I'm gonna give you just a very simple formula. Now, when I give you this, um, there's gonna be some things in there, there's gonna be some labels, I'll use that term today. There's gonna to be some labels for the people that are in your database, and then there's gonna be some, uh, how, how you're prioritizing them based off of their performance, and their potential, and their probability. So. So here's how we do it on our team. And uh, by the way, you can use this, go ahead, I'm sorry. So after you write down, if it, whether it's a yellow pad of paper, whether it's Excel, 
whatever it is. It's, it's real simple. Take a look at the past 12 months. How often have you been referred? Now for us, we currently use this criteria. If they've referred us more than once in the past 12 months, we consider them an ambassador for our business. Now, by the way, that's a minimum threshold. Some of you may change that. That's completely okay. If you have smaller transactions and it really an ambassador should be you know, one per quarter, then that might be your th th threshold to, to treat them as an ambassador. Now, the key is, though, is the repetitive nature because one referral can happen by accident. But if it's more than one, it's a pattern. And those are the people you want to love on. Those are the people you want to love on. So, the next one is, an, uh, is a champion, is getting somebody to refer you once. So it's somebody that's referred you once in the last 12 months. And then a potential champion. A potential champion is somebody who could refer you time and time again. Now I'm gonna hit the pause button here because in my opinion, this is where your business will grow. You all need more potential champions at some point You've got to find influential people. Jake, you're brand new in the mortgage business. God bless you, man. But you're gonna find one agent who may refer you once, but guess what? You're gonna need an agent that's gonna refer you 10 times a year. And we've gotta meet them, we've gotta develop them, we've gotta cultivate that. Could be a financial advisor, same thing. You've gotta find strategic partners. And I'm looking at you, Jake. Jake and I go ways back, so I don't mean to put you on the spot, Jake. But um, my point is, is that um, your potential champions, you're looking for the most influential people who can refer you time and time again. So just a quick side note. What gets you entry into the most influential? I want you to think about a profession or a person that could refer you time and time again. You don't, have to, you don't have to shout it out, but I want you to think about it. What gets you a ticket? What gets you into an audience with that person? Go ahead. Well, it's like Sean, I referred a, uh, a client to his. I talked to him about some of the challenges that I've had, and he introduced the seven levels to me. <clears throat> then I called him yesterday. I was like, dude, I can't put this book down. He's like, come to the mastermind class. And I was like, all right. So Boom. Yeah. All right. Guess who's going to get a lot of my clients? Perfect. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't I, though, right? Why wouldn't I? Because he's helping me grow, why wouldn't I not help him? That right there is exactly why this event exists. Now I'm gonna tell you what I think I heard. You called him about some of the challenges you were having. Were you having challenges in business or were you having challenges with another with mortgage in, in general? Business. In business. Okay. And and well, the client I, I literally started the conversation with, have you heard that song by uh, the Beatles help? I need somebody help. Is <laughs> anybody? And he started laughing and I said, I got a client that needs your help there. We're closing in two weeks. Oh my God. And this company just totally screwed me over. I have a pre-approval and now they're saying no. And so Sean's like, let me look at it, see what I can do. And guess what? We close on time. So, so by the way, can we just do, I'm going to ask a question. This, absolutely. this is a great, okay. So number one, you reached out to him for competence. You needed yep. his competence. You needed his expertise to solve a problem. Yep. Okay. You probably would call him again, my guess is, but you might call him again based off of just competence. Is that an accurate? Yeah, okay. I still do, yeah. 
Okay? Let me ask you this though. Now that he has taken the step of asking you what you're understanding, maybe even using calibrated questions, what's your biggest challenge right now, getting an understanding, using empathy to understand what's going on in your business, is that enhancing the probability that you will do more to try to refer him or less? Yeah, he's helping grow my business. He's helping me. He knows my past. He knows I'm a sales guy. He knows where I come from. We've talked a little bit. And he said, check this book out, right? So he's giving me tools to overcome my objections of not having a whole lot of business right now. Okay. Getting frustrated. Any, any light bulbs going off for anybody? Raise your hand if something just hit you that you could be doing. And I'm an egomaniac. Like, I, I mean, I do the majority of the talking. So... And eating, eat, and, and eating meatballs. I mean, talking yeah. and meatballs. When yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm just being honest. I'm yeah. Work with, you know what I mean? Like, title. So I mean, <laughs> but, but I, he takes the time to listen. He doesn't like. He, hey, check this book out. You know what I mean? What I want to do is I want to point out. Do you think Sean has built in Jim? Right. Jesse. Jesse. Yep. PPO. I just. Yeah, Gippo. Gippo. Okay, Jesse Gippo. So Jesse Gippo and Sean Hutto. Do you think, do you see what's going on? Sean has studied something, he's put it to practice, and now he is sharing it with someone else. Do you think his influence is elevated? Do you think he's creating a champion and ambassador for his business? If there is anything that you walk away with today, please walk away with that. We're trying to put things in front of you that you can put to practice that will have an impact on you. And when you have an impact on you, you can't wait to share it with somebody else that you care about. Does that make sense? Okay, off topic. So back, let me get back onto the specific topic. But that's the point. We're trying to put things in front of you that you can implement that will help you grow your business that you would be actually excited about to share with a strategic partner. Okay, so potential champions. What I'm gonna tell you is that Sean by reading or you by maybe picking up Never Split the Difference. I just gave you an example of an agent where we saved her $7,000. It built credibility with her. It built trust with her because we were trying to help her outside of our core competence. Now, by the way, if you're not good in your core competence, get good there first. If you do insurance, do insurance. If you do real estate, do real estate really well. But as you start to do that and you build your own, start to share things outside of your core competence, like one of the three books that we just talked about, it will start to change the way your strategic partners look at you. Okay, so that's potential champions. Clients, now I know many of you are client-centric. Um, but clients have a different, a different plan for us than our ambassadors. Our ambassadors refer us multiple times a year. Our clients, we love client referrals, but we need a lot of clients to get a few referrals, at least for us. So and I think that's the, I see that frequently. It doesn't mean we don't love our clients. Don't get me wrong. We love our clients. We try to stay at a high level of service for them. All right. Uh, friends and family. And then drip. Now, the point of all of this is, is that we then build a communication plan about the time, effort, energy, money that we're gonna spend on each one of these levels in terms of these relationships. If you, the higher you are in our system, the more time, effort, and energy you get from us. All right. Now, as you're energizing the connections, how are we doing? Faster, Don sell seats. I told you she keeps things on track. I love this stuff, by the way. I hope you're finding it useful. Um, and by the way, we call this the connection offense. And the connection offense, at the center of it, you start at the bottom, it's phone calls and events and then one-to-one -one meetings. Guys, it's all about relationships. That's where things happen is in conversations. 
Now, I'm not saying texting is bad. I'm not saying that handwritten notes are bad. I'm not saying, but at the core of it, it's conversations that make a difference. Now, I'm going to encourage you in this environment. Most of us are tied to real estate or in a commission-based business. I will tell you, activity breeds activity. More one-to-ones, more phone calls, more events. That's our strategy. Somebody's asked, what are we going to do in this environment? We're doubling down on what's worked. Relationships win. If all business is relationships, we've got to be better at relationships. So I'm encouraging you. And by the way, we use events all the time. We use it all the time. I love this one. We have other events that we do that are specific, but events can change everything. I hope, I hope you'll put this one on your calendar because I believe this can be a cornerstone of your connection offense. Showing up here on a monthly basis. How many of you are, you know, when Jesse shares his story, how many of you are encouraged by what he's doing? Absolutely. So we want to try to put this event. So I hope this is one of them. If not, make sure you get some events. You have to have some cornerstone events on your calendar because you have to be connecting. You're gonna need more potential champions in your, in your inventory of relational assets so that you can start building relationships for future referrals. You know, quick story, we just, uh, we put our 12 week year together and um, we literally, that's been our focus this quarter is developing ambassadors. And I'm getting ready to spend the, the afternoon with the Accelerate Coaching Group and we're gonna walk through, we're all sharing ideas, very specific about what we're doing to grow our business. We're having something called a revenue roundtable later today. We're gonna get in there and share them. It forced me to get some results. We've added six new ambassadors to our business with 12 closed transactions just in about six, eight weeks. This stuff works. We just got hyper-focused on our team about implementing this stuff. So I'm not just, and I'm not trying to brag about it. I'm just telling you, it works. Well, there you have it. Another Mastermind Project podcast. We wanna thank you for being here and investing in yourself. Uh, that's the key to growth because we know that growth doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. So thank you for investing in yourself. We hope that you found something here useful. As a matter of fact, it's our desire that you've heard something from this podcast that would make a difference if you implement it in your business. And we know that success favors the speed of implementation. Take a note, take action on something that you've learned here. It'll make a difference. We'd love to hear about it. So, and you can also join us and tell us a little bit about it at our next live event. And you can register for that at www.briankmcrae.com, www.briankmcrae.com. We've got our mastermind event schedule there and you can join us virtually uh, at our next event on the third Thursday of the month. So for this time and until next time, study things that matter, practice things that matter and teach things that matter to people who care. Appreciate you.